Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Mailbag questions. Mailbag. Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. <laughs> Mailbag Monday. So uh, our first question uh, comes uh, from uh, Matt out of Canada, and he says, um, how, how was your trip? It was, it felt, and, and you're going to agree with me on this, it felt like an entire week that we smashed into basically two days of actual seeing each other, two days of travel. So it was not like a full four days, but those two days, I think we did everything we we, we could possibly do. But it was. I will tell you, buddy, you are the gracious host that I expected you to be. Um, you are as advertised, which is great. It is just, it was so nice to see you, man. Meet your family, meet everyone. It was, it was an experience to say the least. I think you and I, there is the biggest takeaway is that there is absolutely nothing that we do not put on this pod that is not a reality. I mean, you are who you are. I am whom I am. And it was just really nice to hang out with you, enjoy some time, hang out with the family, do some family things with you. Um, obviously, work doesn't stop while you're there and while I'm there. So we had to kind of squeeze that in as well while we were getting together. But once the weekend hit and Saturday, the the chicken days, videos and everything that we did on chicken days was awesome. Sunday obviously was just a full travel day. And if anybody followed my Twitter feed, they were able to see the odyssey that it was to get back to El Paso, but it was a really good time coming back home um, after being with you for so many days. It was awesome. It, it was such a great time, buddy. I, uh, I, I, I was expecting, I mean, it was kind of cool, right? Because uh, like we were kind of texting and you were like, okay, I picked up the car. We are driving to the border. And then you had the kerfuffle at the border where they said, oh, you had to have this app. And you know, what's funny is, is when you told me that I was like, what are you talking about? And I Google searched, you know, what do I need to come into Canada? Nothing said app. And then when I Google searched app, that's when it came up. And I was like, this is ridiculous. How would I know? Right. But after a little turnaround, and a little yeah, no, and uh, I found out. So here's what's interesting about that arrive can. So when we went to the duty free shop, because I will tell you, apparently magnets are not a big thing in Canada. And my brother-in-law asked for some magnets from Canada that he wanted as a souvenir. Gas stations would look at me like, 
what the hell are you talking about? Well, if someone's visiting Canada and would like to take something back, do you have any souvenirs? And the guy's like, souvenirs? I was like, yeah, you know, gifts, things to buy to take back. He's like, gift cards? I was like, no, not gift cards. So we finally get right up to the border on the way back. Obviously, we had everything set up and we go to the duty-free shop there in Emerson. We walk in and we pick up a bunch of stuff and, and we get to the counter and right there on there, you have your license plate and there's a warning that says for all foreign nationals and Canadian nationals in order to enter or leave the country, you are required to have, have the arrive can. And what the girl said is this is now going to become a standard thing, even for Canadians coming back into the country that you have to have arrive can where you upload your, your vaccination status. So even though you are a Canadian citizen, you have to use that same app apparently. So it's something new that I got to experience for the first time, but now apparently Canadians need to use that same app. Awesome. Awesome. I guess. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. But I was Wait. expecting a shorter version of you. I was, because we, you know, you, you do the talk for so many. And at one point, I think on, on this podcast, I got to like six foot seven or something. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then you got to like four, nine or something. Yeah. So I was, I was like Aztec I was, warrior and you were yeah. just, Norwegian Viking. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly it. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I, um, uh, we had uh, a pretty good lunch at, uh, okay. So we went to the zoo. We had to see the polar bears. We had the to polar see the bears, polar bears. It, it, it was funny. What was funny was, is your wife was worried about uh, the temperature in Canada. Should mm -hmm. I bring a jacket? Should I bring a parka? Should I this and that? And I was like, you'll be fine. You'll be just trust me. You'll get here. And you guys were like, like, it's hot. And it was only like 24, right? It's a, it's, it's a heck of a lot different up here for temperature. And one of the other things you guys kept mentioning was, is why is the sun still up? And it was like 10, 30, 11. <laughs> it was 10, 38 and the sun had still not like gone away. And that's part of the reason. And that's what I'm going to explain to my kids and something with your kids too, that was really interesting because your kids bedtime is much later, right? But it's because you have daylight until 1030. So 518 in the morning, the sun pops up and there's already full blown sun at 518 and 1038. So it's just more sun than what we have here. I mean, here, the sun comes up at 630 yeah. and it's gone by 830. Like, at, you know, if, if we're lucky, it's maybe yeah. nine o'clock you get that twilight, but the yeah the sun was something that was was messing with us luckily the hotel had blackout shades right so it was there was no sun coming oh, 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 for sure yeah for sure we had a pretty good lunch at uh, stella's and then we had uh, uh that was a fantastic dinner at uh, junction 59 man that was really good the amount of food provided was ridiculous my wife and i when i was walking up when we were walking down you know the little patio where we were going to sit i was looking at the food take a look at what they were serving and i was like all right those are like polar bear size servings so my wife and i decided that we were going to split what we ate and even then we barely made it through the entire plate but it was odd oh, it was so good i mean the beer battered uh fries the the mashed potatoes the steak the the prawns were delicious and then they gave us some grilled prawns on top of that it was so good and then of course the the three for one drinks right the, the special that we had the skull crushers they called it was, them it was literally a glass that's the size of a, a human skull filled with alcohol <laughs> it was good 
It was good. good. So much and fun. you know, I think I think I actually drank less because it was that much, you know. I could have easily had three, four drinks if they were regular sized drinks, but because it was so big and I knew there was so much, you know, packed to it, I was like, just sip it, just take your time. Right. It it, it worked out pretty good. <coughs> oh, still fighting this thing. And then uh, the next day we went to um, Chicken Days. You guys, I mean, we were tired after Friday at the uh, zoo and everything else. It was like 1030 and everybody's yawning and, you know, doing the over 40 thing where it's like, OK, so we used to go until three in the morning. Oh, we're not tonight. And uh, the next day you guys got to enjoy the room a little bit yep. and sleep in a little and no kids. So you got to you got to just lay in bed for a little while and. Then you joined us at uh, Chicken Days, and it was pretty good. My little town put on a pretty good little shindig there. It was okay. It was, uh, let's see, we did the, uh, oh, I did the uh, uh, Ferris we wheel. We did the Ferris wheel. Ferris yeah, we wheel. did the Ferris wheel together, yep. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And then you did the, what was it called, the Space Invader or something? It's the Don't Do That in Your Life Ride. yeah. It's the one where the door shuts and it just spins like you wouldn't bloody believe and you're stuck up against the wall. And you were yelling at me, chicken. And I was yeah. like, yes, yes, I am. I cannot. Right. Then we did that uh, the flying glider. That was actually pretty cool. You got a video of that. I really like that video. That was pretty cool. A couple of drinks in the tent. Tried out uh, our luck at some games. Apparently, we can't sh shoot uh, crooked BB guns were the darn. <laughs> Even though they're very powerful BB guns, it didn't matter. It was, I aimed right at the middle and it didn't even hit the piece of paper. And I was like, interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to shoot off to the left of the paper to try to hit this stupid star and try to I, knock out the little star in the center. And we tied. There was there was no money. There was no blood yeah, drawn on that, on that bet. Yeah, it, it's, it's the typical weird. carnival game where there's no way in hell you're going to win it. It doesn't matter how much you try and if you spend five bucks a pop they're just going to take forty dollars from you because they have these like life-size like stuffed animal things that are going to stay up there and are going to be bleached by the sun because nobody's ever going to win it <laughs> well yeah and then uh wyatt nearly uh killed the girl the little girl that was at the uh the dart throwing game he was winging them in there. She was freaking out. She looks at him. She's like, okay, that's a big windup. And she got as far to the right as she possibly could to make sure yeah. she didn't get a dart in the forehead. It was great. But he won. Because he, he threw a couple. Yeah, he won himself a little fuzzy snake. And uh, uh, Maya and uh, uh, my wife and your wife and him did the whack-a-mole game or whatever. And apparently... Uh, do not give a mallet to my wife. She will crush your skull. <laughs> she is a tooth chipper with that mallet. She won oh, out. Man. It was like he had 40 points. Everybody else had like 15, 18. I had, I <laughs> wasn't had 14 even close. points. Like fantastic. My wife had my wife, 14 yeah. points. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I, th I think everyone, including us, to a certain extent, were expecting a little bit more debauchery. And ultimately, we about halfway through the trip realized that we're old men. And we're going to have a good time, but we're also going to pace ourselves because we're not going to. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lay in bed hung over for a day while you were here. Yeah. Right. Like that. That was the key was I was like, listen, I, I don't want to be so trash that 
because you're only here for a couple of days, right? Like the, that's the last thing we want to do is go, listen, I really want to hang out, but I got to lay in bed, drink some Gatorade and try not to throw up all day. Yeah. And we had enough beer. I mean, we, we went through that oh, yeah. first set of beers that you had in the first night, second night, just kept pounding. I just, I didn't, I basically didn't have anything but beer. I had no water. I had no, I know. yeah, it was just like nonstop <laughs> beer for 48 hours. <laughs> I know. <coughs> Canadian beer is good. Yeah, it is. Uh, so what what stood out for you that is a major difference between the U.S. and Canada? Some of the differences. What what stood out? Well, and I think it's the topography of where you live, Matt. But I'm used to mountains. I mean, we're at the tip of, you know, we've got the Franklin Mountains here, which are the kind of the end of the Rocky Mountains. You look out my window and you see mountains left, you see mountains right. You know, it's just, it's not flat. Here, it is literally, as we were driving up, it was so funny that you made the perfect comment where my wife is like, dude, it is just flat here. And you're like, yep, I think where I live, your dog, you can see your dog run away for three days. And it is literally that flat. Like yeah. you had told me when we were sitting at chicken days and we look over, he's like, you see that kind of turquoise looking structure over there? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's three miles away. I was like, holy shit. Like you can just see in any direction as far as you want. Obviously there's tree lines, but most of it is farmland there. So it's just flat. That was the biggest thing. And then the heat is just, it's a different type of heat, which is kind of cool because it's hot. But because the sun's out so long, it just seems like the hot, the heat just kind of continues to gradually increase. And then it stays there for a while, but it's not extremely hot. It's just more, more baking of the sun was the other big takeaway was the weather and then just how flat it was. But dude, everybody's just like El Paso, everybody's super nice, super friendly. Um, I know we didn't go out to the chicken days, late night party tent, the beer garden. We were gone way before any of the idiots started coming out, but people are just answer questions friendly. And you know, one of the biggest things that the biggest takeaway too was how nice people were with us. Just knowing that we were from out of town. As soon as we mentioned that we were just kind of nice to them. People are very amenable trying to make your experience a lot better. It was super awesome, man. It was just, everyone was really nice. Obviously you and, and Maya and Estia and, and Wyatt were consummate wonderful hosts it was a lot of fun man it was a really really good time it was pretty cool that guy at the uh, zoo that gave you the uh, uh the polar bear card right that, right out oh, of the my. blue the guy that works there oh are you guys from out of town yeah they're from texas oh well you got to take one of these and he gives he gave you one of these it's it's like a greeting card but when you open it up it's like a pop-up of a polar bear that kind of unfolds from it that was pretty cool yeah they uh the the one thing that uh, kind of stuck out for me was uh, during chicken days uh, when they had the big festival right in that big the big area there. Apparently, over ten thousand people came to chicken days. If uh, if you noticed, there was one security guard. He didn't have yeah. a gun. He just had a radio and a T-shirt that said security, and that was it. And I think that's kind of the differences between the United States and Canada, right, is is up here, we all try and keep ourselves in check. And in the US, you kind of need people to keep other people in check. You know, you would have never seen an event in the US with 10,000 people at a, at, a, at a fair, 
with one security guard with a radio. All he had was a radio. And the guy was like 70. Like, yeah. He was no threat whatsoever. He'd just get on the radio and go, help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was just basically there's, you know, you have the signs driving into your town that say it's basically self-regulated here almost. You know, the crime watch is all done locally with the residents. So it, it, it's just a nice feel. You can tell that everything is just nice and chill. Everybody's really nice really friendly. There's a lot of things like when we put gas, the gas pump attendant was pretty interesting that there was a guy out there to clean windows and, you know, to pump your gas, which is something that the U S doesn't have anymore. That's something you have all over Mexico, but yeah, there was a kid that came out and I was just like, the hell do you want? Right. And then he's like, Oh, fill her up. Yeah, please. And then $97 later, it's like, fuck, okay. The gas is also expensive. (laughs) Well, it's a, it's a, it's basically the same price as is where you are, right? I mean, it's got to be within a buck or two different. That's it, right? Like it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely terrible, is what it is. Oh, we seem to be you. having internet connectivity. Okay. Yeah, all I'm right. Clean. I so think, I think it's all ninety-seven devices on your side. Yeah. It, it might be because I've got my wife is downloading stuff on her phone and my son is using uh, his tablet because we're we're not feeling well. So I'm not feeling well. No, you're not at all, buddy. No, you're not. No, I blame the uh, I blame the chicken days uh, super spreader event that we went to. <laughs> Apparently, man. Oh. Yeah. Dude, it, and. You know, so for the people that, that wanted to hear what we did on Saturday, we did a conversational pod on Saturday with the wives, just kind of turned on the microphone, but it was a very long pod. We kind of put some stuff up on Patreon, but we have to go back and edit a lot of it because, you know, the, the microphone wasn't trying to capture four people on a table talking. So uh, that is the other takeaway, buddy, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give you mad props on this because we get a lot of mad, I get a lot of DMs and we get a lot of messages about people asking us how we do it. What do we do? What do we need to get started? Honestly, the amount of commitment that it takes to do a pod and, and for all you content creators, um, shout out because we know how much time it takes. But I mean, the amount of information that Matt has to put together and obviously he's got it down to a science. But uh, to be fair, I'm going to have to give him full credit on this because I don't do any of the editing, any of the production or adding of stuff. So we went through that and take look, took a look at that. It's mad props, dude, for the amount of work and time that you put into this with the audios and the clips and going back and listening to everything. And so it's going to take a little time to get that, that pot up for you um, on the Patreon side. We uploaded something, but then we went back and heard it. And we're just like, eh, there's some shitty audio stuff in there. And, you know... I say a bunch of stupid things that we might not want aired. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's just, there's a lot of work involved in this. So just be prepared that if you want to do this, understand that Matt puts a lot of time into this podcast on the back end. Obviously, I do the the distribution of the pod um, and have made a a concerted effort to uh, streamline that process to take RSS feeds, but just know that there's a lot of work involved. So any question that you guys have in terms of content creating and creating a pod, just know it takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment, but if you're willing to do it, more power to you. We need more content creators out there. I'm tired of the blue check marks and these people giving us information, like telling us that uh, Sammy Watkins was not present 
And there he was practicing and Coach LaFleur saying, yeah, he's been here the whole time, which is really frustrating because we try to take these nuggets to create a pod and get some information. And then you find out it's wrong. It's very frustrating for us. Um, but there is some news out there, man. I mean, Packers without borders. 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 The greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Public Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Hey, it's Jess Prowls from Hanko Carnival in Austin, Texas, and you're listening to Packers Without Borders. More power to you. We need more content creators out there. I'm tired of the blue check marks and these people giving us information, like telling us that uh, Sammy Watkins was not present. And there he was practicing and Coach LaFleur saying, yeah, he's been here the whole time, which is really frustrating because we try to take these nuggets to create a pod and get some information. And then you find out it's wrong. It's very frustrating for us. Um, but there is some news out there, man. I mean, so it's hard to take all of this information that's coming out because we've got all these tiny nuggets of information, but actually trying to vet all of these things, which is obviously what our job is, right? We sit there, we try to vet all this information, but one of the biggest takeaways that I'm going to be curious and I want your thoughts on is Royce Newman played quite a bit last year for this offensive line. And what they're saying is that he'll probably start on the offensive line, just knowing what we do with the injuries with, with our doc and what he mentioned. So he's going to have an opportunity to start, but most of the news out of mini camp was that he's probably not going to hold on to that job. And that Sean Ryan is probably going to be pushing him quite a bit that, which would be awesome, right. To be able to get our draft pick up and starting right away. So what are your thoughts on this offensive line after hearing everything that um you know that that the resident doc uh md analytics told us here um about the offensive line because we're i don't expect to have eldon back until late september maybe early october from what he said that's the first thing the second thing that i'm curious will be related to Eldon or not Eldon Jenkins, Bakhtiari, right? Who had to go back in and get a cleanup procedure. So we're definitely not going to start with our offensive starting line. Um, what are your, just after minicamp, what are your kind of final thoughts on the offensive line? And then I'll go to another position group for you, but what are you thinking here? Oh, well, I think that there's a bigger issue with Bakhtiari I think that there's Jenkins, like you said, October. I'm thinking October for Jenkins to come back. But Bakhtiari has got an issue, and we just won't know. I think we're going to be seeing a brand new offensive line here. I think, you know, we're going to be seeing, we're going to be seeing, uh, uh, 
I think we're going to be seeing four new guys on the O-line this year. And it's kind of a shame we can't seem to be able to keep our O-line healthy and upright. But we got a couple of studs. And uh, we got a couple of guys that can uh, that can uh, bring us home. And, and really, if we break down the wide receiver situation, we don't have a, a legit number one who's going to be able to take the top off or, you know, I think what we're going to be seeing is, is remember you brought up that stat, the 2.32 seconds or 2.12 seconds, whatever it was that Rogers got rid of the ball, which is the quickest. I think we're going to be seeing a ton, ton of that. Yeah. 2.32 is at his best when the line and everybody was gelling, but his average was 2.54, which is average for the rest of the league. But yeah, this offensive line is going to dictate a lot of what this offense is going to do with the wide receivers. And maybe this year they're, they're going, listen, it's great that you can pass block, but we need you to move forward and run block because we were having, we were having issues where we just couldn't get any holes. I mean, poor AJ Dillon, is getting hit in the backfield and still getting three yards. Like if he can hit that line clean, he's going to be getting eight, nine yards a carry, you know? That's the biggest knock that I saw in the reports coming out. And it's two or three, because again, trying to vet information with what one person sees that doesn't play the game, trying to make a comment about what a player is doing. But pretty commonly what they were saying with, with Royce was that he was having trouble on stunts. So any type of stunt that was coming at him, he was really having trouble controlling, which is why they're saying he's kind of on the cusp of if Sean can get in there and step up day one, it'll be a big upgrade at that point. And then he'll be a rotational player. It's not like he's not going to make the 53, but he's not going to be a day one starter. And that would be awesome yeah. after training camp to see that. So when you mentioned the wide receivers, I was going to go to something else, the running backs, but let's talk about the wide receivers now that you brought them up. So I am loving Toure. And obviously, Dobbs, we all know, the, the glowing, glowing stuff, right? But that final seventh spot, and I do believe they're going to carry seven wide receivers on this 53 because of the, the lack of that solid number one. We're going to have to have more rotational players. And the competition for that seventh spot seems to be either Jawan Winfrey, who we all love, right, but got injured, was the number one target in Arizona. You know, he had four catches on six targets, but those two targets, one was a fumble and one was a drop. So he's got his issues. And I think Winfrey needs to have a really good camp or he's going to be back on the practice squad again. But remember we signed him off of what was it? Denver. I believe he was a six round pick for Denver and then came to us. Winfrey. Yeah. Flying so, to the wind. Do you think they're going to carry seven? That's my bold prediction. I think they're going to carry seven wide receivers. I think they'll carry five and put three or four on the practice squad and maybe protect one. You know, I think, uh, I think we're not done yet picking up wide receivers. I agree. And now running back, right? So obviously AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are the guys to – there's no questions there. But when you start yeah. getting that third running back, which is what we carry on the 53, not that we're not going to have practice squad players, but everybody loves Kylan Hill. Looks like Kylan Hill has been doing a great job. But Patrick Taylor, remember, um, had a pretty good showing when he was in there, especially on the special team side until he had that injury in that Arizona game. I was there for that. But 
Of the guys remaining, Patrick Taylor, Kylan Hill, you've got Tyler Goodson and BJ Baylor for that third spot. So there's some competition there for there, right? But um, of those guys, and, and I guess I'll just break it down to Patrick Taylor, Kylan Hill. Who do you think is going to be the guy that's going to take that third running back spot? Hill. I think it'll be Hill. Yeah, I feel I the same way. I feel the same way. I think Patrick Taylor is going to be on the way out here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm really excited. I'm really glad that Aaron yeah. Rodgers did show up. It seems like, um, on the defensive side of the ball, because really, you know, Rogers and it makes sense. I mean, these stupid bears got docked for contact during, during practice. Like, what are you doing? Their second round pick from last year. So to put that in perspective, um, let's assume that Josh Myers gets picked and all of a sudden what we decide to do is take our sixth or seventh, fifth or sixth round pick from this year and slot him into that spot this year. That's how fucked up the bears are right now. Oh. So, um, we, we've got, we've got a, a plethora of riches on the offensive line, they're, in right? They're, they're playing, they're playing the red queen, right? They're playing the Red Queen game, right? Where's the Red Queen? Here she is. There she goes. Where she stops, nobody knows. They're just switching guys back and forth. They're trying to plug and play that that whole system. I think the Bears will be a little bit better than last year, but still, I, I think they'll be third. I think they'll be third. Vikings fourth, Lions number two. So you're on board with me now. I've got you convinced. I like the way the Lions are practicing. I like their mentality, and I like the idea of they're not out there going, we're going to put up 100 points. They're like, we're going to put up three, and we're going to beat you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I think they can. I think they can beat the Bears. I think they can beat the Vikings. They might. We end, Whenever we play them, it's always such a struggle. I mean, even when they're terrible, we always struggle against them. I And, and the Lions have got a pretty good schedule this year. So uh, I'm leaning towards the Lions coming in second place. Of course, I mean, what do I know? I, the Packers are clearly going to win the uh, division. And then after that, who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great, interesting season. We got, what, another two months? Was it 80 days or 78 days like, or something like that? Yeah, like 89 days or 80 yeah. Yeah something days to get there. I, I try not to keep track of that. Cause I'm already stressed out enough. Just rewatching games. I just like, I need my football, just seeing these guys run out there. It's like, okay, I can smell the foosball on the defensive side. One of the cool things that I saw was that Mr. Walker was getting first team reps by the second day, which means Chris Barnes is that third linebacker now so what are your thoughts on Campbell and Walker starting out this season at linebacker well and Ramsey apparently has been playing lights out as well yeah so these guys it's almost like some guys need to see the writing on the wall and then they start to play lights out I know bringing in Quay Walker is definitely writing on the wall if we can get a little bit better play out of that position we're going to be really good mm -hmm. Jair's back he's practicing um, Eric Stokes looks really good again. Uh, Douglas looks good. Amos and Savage, they look good. Campbell's out there. That D line is starting to look amazing. Uh, Slayton apparently is making leaps and bounds. Yep. You know, 
we're our defensive side is going to be tough to beat. I think I think even if we have a bad game, we're going to be top three, top four in the league. Got to be, man, because you look at Preston, Gary, and now Wyatt is also starting to go in there. And what I liked is they actually put Gary inside a couple times as that rover dude, um, the way that Zadarius played for us, and having Preston and Wyatt on the outsides and having – I mean, you're just going to unleash Gary on them now. So the edges are covered with Preston, who I did see – and when, we were, when you and I sat back and watched – you know, we watched what about three quarters of the of the San Francisco game. You could see how Preston was kind of getting gobbled up by that line, right? So it's going to be nice to give some help out there. And now Wyatt on one side, Preston on the other, and then Gary, oh, right in the middle, is making me salivate. It's it's going to be tough. We're going to make it really really tough for uh, opposing teams. And this defense is uh, it's stacked. And they're ready to go. I'm pumped. Here's one question for you as we were watching that game, because it was really cool to kind of actually sit down because you don't realize until you actually sit down with somebody and watch a game with them to see what they're seeing and have conversations. I don't have that at home, dude. Like I sit there, I watch the game myself. I'll watch it with my brother-in-law or watch it with other people. But obviously they are the fans. They're not idiots like us that just eat and breathe this stuff on a daily basis. And you seeing it from a coaching standpoint, do you actually go through and pause the game to look at formations and go back during stuff? Or is that stuff that you do after the fact with games to, because you were telling me, look, dude, look at his foot, look at, you know, you were talking about the footing of the offensive line and saying, Oh, this is going to go this way and how you were kind of reading it. Do you do that during the game as well? Or do you actually, cause it seems like you go a lot more in depth than I do when you're looking at the game itself. It's it's, so it's like that game where you hold up the picture, you know, and you see that you try and mention as many things as you can see with years of playing and coaching, right? When they line up, you only get a couple of seconds. So you've got to do that quick mental picture. How far are the splits on the alignment? Where do their feet go? That tells you run or pass. So, okay. If I've got, if, if it looks like a run, then you start looking back at the running back. Is he got one leg up? Maybe instead of both legs being flat, he's got one ankle tilted because he's going to push off and go to the right or push off and go to the left, mm -hmm. right? Then you start reading those cues. The, the breaking down of the game, some of the plays I will stop and I will rewind and I will take another look at that one. Remember, we were, we were watching that game and I was saying, so he hits Jones here, but DeGuara is running right up the middle untouched. Wide open. Yeah. He goes to – yeah, he – he goes to hit this guy and the play is over here. But then there's also other plays that I'd said, this is exactly where he's supposed to go with the ball. There's nothing else that's open. So it's designed to open this guy up at the last second. It did. He hit that guy, right? It's, it's just kind of one of those things that it just happens naturally, yeah. you know, it, and, and I will go over other games. I will rewatch games. I was watching that game. Remember I said to you, I was, I was looking to see what happened to Zedarius because Zedarius came out and did maybe five or six plays, got himself a sack. And then we didn't really see him. Yep. And I was curious, did he hurt his back? Did something happen? And there was a handful of plays where he was being tossed on the ground and things like that. So I wonder if he re injured his back during that. He must've. And 
that was one of the things that was really telling to me and looking at where Aaron Rodgers was trying to go when they zoomed out and did the replays. Guys weren't open, man, a lot of times. He was forcing the ball. So when he's going to force the ball, who's he going to force the ball to? So it's a little bit of Rodgers' defense here, right, where we keep saying you're uber-targeting, uber-targeting, but these other guys were not getting open the way that we expected them to be. Other than there was one guy usually schemed open, but it was like his second or third read, or, or maybe it was his first reading. Like you said, the first thing he's doing because no one's open is his first read is always going to be Tay, and then from there kind of veer off. And by that time, these other guys are all covered up. But they were doing really – there was a lot of too too high, right? Just you're not going to beat us deep. We're going to let you dink and dunk us to death. And then there were a couple, you know, that drop to Mercedes. You just did not realize how much that affected the game at that point. That was kind of crazy for me to see that drop by Mercedes, which was the sure-handed. And then right down the middle, DeGuara hits him right in the chest for a first down. And then we punt, and that was it. That was basically the end, end of it. And that's what worries me a little bit about the offense, where it truly is a question mark, man, with these wide receivers, right? Because the defensive line, no issues. I think that we're probably going to end up losing Lowry because you mentioned how Slayton has stepped up and Heflin is there. And then now with Reed and Clark, we can save $6 million on the cap with Lowry. So that defense is stacked, dude, but I do, I still have a big question about uh, the offense, but what's cool is going back and seeing those highlights and seeing uh, Christian Watson, which was pretty cool too, by the way, on this trip where I flew into Fargo and there's North Dakota state, so I got to drive by the home of where Christian Watson was. It was really cool to see that. But seeing the, the highlights from him and how the body control on that dude shows that he can be a one, right? Like that's all you want to see is glimpses of this. And I have a feeling that between him and Sammy Watkins, who has something to prove and has come out and said, like, I need to get rid of these injuries. Like I need to figure out what to do. What better – team of medical doctors than the green bay packers where guys this is what i never understood about zadarius smith going off and finding and i know he wanted another opinion because the packers probably said dude you're done buddy you know but the 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 doctors up in green bay if anybody's going to help sammy watkins find his groove and get away from the injury bug it's going to be these guys and if we can have randall cobb and Sammy Watkins as veterans do what they do and then throw in Christian Watson, who is this unbelievable talent Dobbs, who is the most polished wide receiver right now of these guys that we drafted Toure, who the few highlights that I saw him was all special teams. And that's how he's going to make the team. But then you have Winfrey, right? So it's still a big question mark for me that leading into training camp, what we're going to see there. I'm really curious to see how we're going to do because that game with San Francisco is real apparent. The guys were not doing their job for Aaron either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <clears throat> Mailbag Monday. Don't forget, you want to send us your questions, send them to Packers Without Borders at Outlock.com, or you can DM us at Borders Packers on our Twitter account with your Mailbag Monday questions. Episode 122 in the books, Father's Day coming up. One year. You know what? We've got a question. We're, we're, we've been talking... Should we change maybe the intro? Should we maybe change a few things up for the second season? What do you guys think? Give us your thoughts. Give us your output uh, or your input, output, input. Yeah. What is it? Your what? auxiliary. Yeah. Your Give auxiliary. Yeah. <laughs> your, your CD slash cassette. Your cassette tape. Put a pencil in there. <laughs> rewind it. Let us know what you think. 
the struggle is real. Uh, yeah. Send that to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're thinking about maybe changing uh, just maybe the intro just up a little bit. I don't know. We're, you know what? We're married guys, so we understand that uh, most of our ideas are terrible. Yep. So, uh, you know, maybe this is a terrible idea. Somebody pointed out. Uh, I think that's it, buddy. Yeah, it was it's... a pleasure meeting you and your wife in person. You guys are the real deal. You guys are super cool. And that's what, you know what, <clears throat> that's kind of what there was a little bit of a, you know, is somebody's got a persona on the internet or whatever. And they're like, are they going to be different in real life? What's it going to be like, you know, to actually hang out with them for a few hours? And you guys are super cool, man. You guys are really awesome. It was, uh, it was quite quite an honor and a privilege to uh, meet you guys. And uh, we absolutely loved every minute of hosting you guys. And we'll get, uh, we'll be hosting, uh, or you'll be hosting us uh, uh, fairly soon. Yeah, in a couple months, you'll come down here and we'll do it all over again, buddy. I can't wait. Right on, man. I can't wait. I hope you Peace. feel better, bro. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate I, it, man. I took you that nice desert bug and fucked with you. I think you might have. I think you might have. <laughs> right on. Peace. Right on. Go pack out. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Yeah.